Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But Daniel made up in his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officers that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. Look down to verse 5, verse 14. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, their appearance seemed better, and they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. Look at verse 17. As for the four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom, Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Dear God, we pray that as we continue to celebrate the importance of our young people in the lives of their families, in their community, in our church community, and their school community, that God, that they would have a heart for you. We pray this message will impact their heart, not just their minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I was growing up, a freshman in high school, there was this young girl, freshman and sophomore, that a lot of the guys were attracted to. Everybody wanted to see if they could date her. That's just the way it was. This is the talk. I you know, when, when you play sports, and I was into sports heavy, you hear a lot of things. So, over time, I noticed that this young girl was starting to miss school, and she was starting to get really, really skinny. And I said, what's, I saw, I walked up to her, because she's a friendly person, nice person, really nice young lady. I said, walk up to her, and I said, what's wrong? What's going on? And she wouldn't talk. And I kept saying, something is wrong. She used to be friendly. Now she's reserved. Something is wrong. She used to be outgoing. Now she's not. She used to do well in school. Now I see the teacher sending her to special training because uh, they had these different classes. I said, what's going on with her? And so I, Every now and then, we used to line up. The cafe was set up to where you, you go to this particular place. And you, you go up there and you buy your food. And sometimes the bullies are in the line. And I used to get in trouble because they would be all in my face. And I said, I got to eat. So y'all just beat me up. But <laughs> you ain't getting my money. So, <laughs> so we're going through this line and we get our food. And so sometimes I, me and my friend, we just go and talk to her. I say, you okay? I mean, what's wrong? You know, she wouldn't talk. And then the word came out that she was on drugs. You see, the pressure. That freshman pressure, that sophomore pressure, those athletes on her life. That when I keep, we kept talking to her. We had this little group, and we kept talking to her. The pressure of the freshman group, the pressure of the athletes, the pressure of the bullies, the pressure of people just hitting on her had gotten to her, and she made a decision that deteriorated her life. You see, it's not that she didn't come from a good family because, you know, I grew up in a small country, so parents knew one another. Not that she didn't come 
from a family with brothers and sisters that are doing well. No, she she succumbed to the pressure because even though she knew what to do, she couldn't walk it out. She did not find a way to walk it out. A lot of young people know what's right. It's not that they don't know what's right. It's not that a lot of adults don't know what's right. The issue is in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of everything that everybody's on them about, could they walk out what they know to do? That's the issue. And if they don't get the help to walk it out in the issue, sometimes they fail. Sometimes they fail because they choose to isolate themselves and not walk it out with a group of people that can help them. See, a lot of times we come to our young people and we are pretty hard on them. And yes, I know my son is sitting over there. He knows. But at the end of the day, when we see them trying to walk it out, we need to teach them how. And I believe Daniel teaches us that. And why does Daniel teach us that? Daniel traveled 900 miles to get to Babylon. It was a brutal trip. Please understand that. It's a brutal trip. It was not an easy trip. You're going 900 miles and you're eating the food from the soldiers that is left over. You don't have, you don't, you don't have what's that called, Bugs Bee or Bigs Bee or whatever that place. You don't have that. You don't have that. Bucky's. You don't have Bucky's. You don't have Bucky's. Everybody going to Bucky's. My wife and I had to stop at Bucky's when we were going on our anniversary last year. Everybody go to Bucky's. She, said, she stopped me. As a matter of fact, she stopped me in the parking lot. She says, Read that name, Bucky's. Well, please say Bucky's. Stop saying boogies and doogies and all this stuff. She was trying to help me out, but it didn't work. So people go, They didn't have any Bucky's. They didn't have no Holiday Inn Express. They slept on the side of the road. They used the restroom on the side of the road. They dig a hole and put their, their personal stuff in that hole. They had the slop. You ever heard about Daniel's parents? Where are they? Chances are they're slaughtered in Jerusalem. Because anybody, the fact that Daniel ends up in Babylon is a fulfillment of prophecy to Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that anybody who listens to God and obeys God, they will stay alive. Those who don't will die. So it's possible that even though Daniel came and developed himself this way, that possibly he doesn't have a parent that actually did the way he did. It's very possible. That's why they're not with him. You never hear about his parents. Never Daniel going anywhere. Daniel now has to live in a house that is ran by, Net, by the Nebuchadnezzar and all his big boys. That's what's ran. So you don't have Daniel in a situation where Daniel get to get up and say, I want eggs and bacon today. They tell him what to eat. They shave his hair. They change his name. He has to be in this culture where they're pressuring him to become a Babylonian. So what they would do is when they would go in, they would find out who are the young men that are educated? Who are the young men that show promise? And they would gather those people to bring them into a school where they would teach them in the school to become Babylonians. So he's not even allowed to keep his Jewish heritage. He's under that kind of pressure. And it's only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. It's not that they was the only people. I mean, there were several other young people, as I've read, that choose to go do what the king said because of the pressure that was on them. A lot of times when our young people are trying to work it out and walk it out every day is that they're in this school for eight hours. 
in a school for eight hours. They're being indoctrinated with philosophy and psychology. They're being told that this is where man was. They're being talked about fossils, and they're being told all of these different things in terms of economics and, and all, the, all the different sciences that are out there. I mean, as I explained to you, my first science class in college was a man picking up a frog. My professor, biology, freshman, walked in first class, pre-med, grabs a frog and takes the frog and slam it against the counter. He says, this frog is alive by holding the two legs and this frog is dead. I control death and life. That was my first class. That's intimidating for an 18-year-old walking into biology 101. Understand, this is what our kids are exposed to. Our kids are exposed to, while I was in college, so you know it's still there, co-ed dorms. The good boys are on the two first floors and the girls are on the two upper floors or vice versa. So they got girls and boys can go up and down the steps at night, do what they want to do. There's nobody stopping them. That's the world they're going into. And that world, that when they go into that world, that world wants to keep them for four years and indoctrinate them and make them believe that everything they have learned is the way to be productive and progressive in the world if you want to become somebody. And you want to achieve something great, this is the way you do it. They're not talking about God, not talking about Christ. They're saying this is your progress to success. God does not need a doctor in heaven. Who's getting sick? God does not need a teacher in heaven. There's no school. God don't need a bus driver. People can, when we get our glorified bodies, we can go in and out of a door without the door opening. God doesn't need those things. So if that is a process to success, it's a very temporal view. But they don't see it as a temporal view because they're talking money. They're talking achievement, money, and this is how you could be great. This is how you could become popular. I can remember being in the arts at Austin College. When you finish a play, I had to run out the room because the, when you finish a play and it went well, everybody's cheering and they give you a standing ovation. They went skinny dipping. So I know my mother going to kill me. I wish I could say it was Jesus. I said, no, my mother would literally tear me to bits and pieces if she heard I went skinny dipping. And so I didn't go. I just ran out the room. You got, you got changed and you finish your degree and you go, they say, break a leg. I, I was breaking a leg, getting out of there. Because I knew the pressure was going to be there. That's the kind of pressure our young people are under. So it's not easy for them to walk it out. It's not. Especially if they do well at sports. Especially if they do well at sports. Just hearing my oldest son's name on the mic system over and over again. Paul Canning's tackle. Paul Canning's making interception. All this other stuff. And then seeing all these girls arriving uh, trying to talk to him. That drove us crazy. He almost died. Because he, we went away somewhere and all these girls drive up to our house in a car. And my wife, with her woman instinct, says, we need to go back home. I said, baby, plan this weekend to relax just to go away. No, we need to go back home. Go back home and there's cars everywhere. He almost died. It's funny how women all of a sudden made you the head of the house. You know, well, you the head of the house, fix it. He almost died. I, I heard the conversation in the car. He was dead. All that pressure and stress on there. And they didn't come over dressed in a nun's clothing. They, they came over dressed in hoochie clothing. That's the pressure. 
How do you walk that out when you have that much against you? Daniel had to make some decisions. Watch this carefully, especially young people today, in verse 8 of Daniel chapter 1. This is what we find. But Daniel made up, in his, made up his mind. But Daniel made up his mind. Watch what that comes be right after. After they changed his name. After they put on the clothing that he, they want. I mean, you ever see the clothing that these people wear today? These young folks wear today? You should see the clothing they wear when they leave your house and go in the restroom. The clothing that they put on. Daniel's clothing was changed. His hair was changed. Daniel was being taught a new language. And Daniel recognizes that when he walked into this school of, of, of not prophets, but a school where they would teach wise men to give counsel to the king and tell the king what to do with his dreams and to read stars. And Daniel's being trained. And Daniel recognized that this training is going to so shape him that he is going to become a Babylonian. Daniel come out of that and said, no, no, I'm not doing this. I am not going to let these people change me. That's the first thing we have to recognize. If we're not determined about what God is saying we are doing, if we can't create that kind of determination in our young people, they will, they will eventually shift because it takes a commitment first before anything else can work. I have to be committed to make that happen. And that's the reason why I say to you, we got to develop discipline. Discipline is not beating up on a child. Discipline is having a structured family. You don't drag a kid from this to that, to this, to that, no structure. One night they go to bed at 12 o'clock, and next night they go to bed at 11 o'clock. Next night they go to bed at 1 o'clock. Next night you just put them in the room and hope they fell asleep because you're tired. It has to be a structure. That leads to a disciplined life. One of the things, a child gets up at a certain time, goes to bed at a certain time. They have to have their homework done. They have to keep creating structure in their home. I could tell you the structure of my parents' home at the age that I'm at. None of your business what the rest of that is. But I could tell you the structure. We got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We had devotions with my mom because my dad left to go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And she prepared breakfast for him. And she got our eight kids on the bed. We did devotions from 6 to 6.30. When we finished devotions, we ate breakfast. So we half dressed for breakfast because she ain't, you are not going to mess up your clothes. So you go eat breakfast. When you finish eating breakfast, you put your clothes on. Everybody walks to school. Get home from school. Your first thing you do is your chores. You do your chores. You go out and play at 7 o'clock. You come in for, for dinner at 6 o'clock. At 7 o'clock, you go to do your homework whether you have it or not. That was a structure that I could tell you at my age, after leaving my mom and dad's house at the age of 18 to go to college, I can still tell you, I came home from college, son, the, the curfew is still this. I don't want you out late. Don't even though you own your own car, you come in at this time. Because this woman here, my wife, she ain't going to sleep until you walk in this door. It's funny to see that I am in New York when my brother was passing away about 15 years ago. And I decided, let me go walk New York, get the, get the feel for New York. I got a call saying, boy, I was looking for a Jamaican place. I was saying, man, I got to get me some Jamaican patties. I got to get me some, some, some jerk chicken. I'm going to go find me these places. I'm, I'm in Manhattan walking the streets. Boy, you better come home. Your mother wouldn't go to sleep. My mother was 80-something years of age. I am a grown man, and she still can't go to sleep. That is the structure that I grew up in. 
Many times we don't have structure for her ki our kids. So when they are off in college or it's too tight, if it's too tight, that when they go to college, they just want to do whatever. Because it was too controlling. But when we have a structure that is building while we love them, there's structure while we love them and care for them and hug them and play with them and talk to them, do all these different things, the child grows up feeling loved while being designed. So that's what you find with Daniel because Daniel, as you would see, was able to grasp whatever was thrown at him because he didn't come from a situation where he wasn't structured. So sometimes people would say, well, my kid was an accident. No, it was an accident because you were doing your thing. And the Bible says, male and female produce this. It's not an accident. We got to stop saying this is an accident. We weren't planning. Yes, we were planning. The minute we decide to do what we did, we were planning. To be, to be male and female is to be fruitful and multiply. That's the purpose of it. It's like if I keep eating bacon every day, I've already decided. I'm going to have cholesterol. Okay? That's what I decided. This is what God is saying. So we got to stop saying these kids are accidents because what we create is a child that does not line up with the Daniel group. It lines up with what all the other young people want to do. There's no discipline, so there's no determination. Determination comes from that. Young people, you have to decide. You have to decide which way you're going. You can't walk in the middle. The minute you walk in the middle, it's over. Watch the other young people. Daniel made up his mind because of his structure, made up his mind because he's realizing these people are going to shape me to be what, I want, what they want me to be. That's what they're going to do. They're going to shape me to be this. And I'm not going to let them shape me. That's what verse 7 is talking about. And then you see what Daniel is saying here, right here in verse 8. Daniel made up his mind. He made up his mind. It wasn't about how he felt. It wasn't about how, what, what, what sounded good, what felt good. Daniel was making up his mind, and you know Daniel made up his mind because Daniel kept pressing the person over him to change the food because he couldn't eat the food. Young people, when you make up your mind, you're going to be tested. You're not making up your mind on me and everybody going to go, oh, you're such a wonderful person. You want to follow Jesus. You're, oh, we're so glad you want to follow Jesus. No, when you try to follow Jesus, you're going to be tested. That's just the way it is. You're going to be called crazy for the way you dress. You're going to be called crazy for the way you talk. And you say, man, look at you. You talk like a white boy. You ain't even black. I used to hear all of those things. Man, Cannings, I heard it all in the locker room. Cannings, you just, man, just something got to be wrong with you. You know, you just, how could you not? Take that key, man. What's wrong with you? I heard it all. You're going to be tested. So if you're not determined, when you're tested, you fail. It's like going out on a sports field. Everybody wants to win. The other guys on the other field wants to win. But you're determined to win. But you're going to be tested. If we're not willing to stand the test and to walk it out, despite what we face, we're going to fail. And many adults are the same way. We want to do God. And God says, okay, well, let's test you today. Let's see you run into traffic. You arrive at your job late. What story are you going to tell? Are you going to say that you had a flat tire? Are you going to come up with a story? Let's see if you're going to be committed to the truth and tell the truth when the truth is tested. You know, did you mail the bill or did you not mail the bill? When the husband and the wife agreed, pay, you're going to pay this bill, you're going to pay that bill, did you do it? Test it on the truth. 
tested. So we may be committed to God, but Satan says, let's see what you're going to do when I come up against you. That's what happened here. He, the, the, the food, he just couldn't eat the food. This wasn't like Daniel wanted to be a vegan. Daniel can't eat the food because the king would take the food and slaughter it before idols, his people, not the king. The people would go slaughter before the idols. Not only would they do that, they would have wine. And the wine was something they would drink that was heavy fermented so they would get drunk. But Daniel's God says, Daniel, nothing wrong with drinking wine. You just can't get drunk with it. And, and the reason why he said that is because they didn't have running water like we do. They didn't have water coming out of pipes. You had to go down to the lake to get the water. You had to fetch it back. Then you had to boil it. So they would plant vineyards. So when they plant the vineyards, they would use these vineyards as a way of getting something to drink that is healthy for their bodies. And it would sit around for a long time, so it got fermented. So what they would do to make sure they didn't violate what God said, they would take water, 10 parts of water, to one part of wine. They weren't doing that. So Daniel says, I could get drunk, and it violates the word of God to get drunk. So I can't go drinking. So Daniel is saying, because of the word of God, here's a key thing, because of the word of God, it forms my determination. What informs my determination is my commitment to not violate the Word of God. And since I'm not going to violate the Word of God, then I have to go do what God says. So it formulates, it makes solid my commitment to God, which drives my determination. Understand. Let me just get this for, because it got real quiet when I said wine and drinking. Like people said, oh, you just walk up in my space. Okay? We don't have the time to go to passages like all over Proverbs. That strong drink could deter a person and steal their soul. It's all in Proverbs. Just go pick up a concordance and pick up strong drink. It's right there. The Bible says how that can corrupt a person's life. The Bible says how that could cause a person to not grow spiritually. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 through 18. It could deter a person from growing spiritually. Why? Because in the midst of pain and difficulties, they go to this crutch and drink from it. They don't go through the pain and difficulty before God. They go through the pain and difficulty by using a crutch, which is alcohol. So because they do that, it stifles their spiritual growth. So the Bible is not saying there's anything wrong with wine. You ever, ever notice that Jesus Christ turned water to wine? Why did he turn water to wine? Because it was not wine, wine to get you drunk. Because then he will violate the word of God by providing wine to get people drunk. So he turned water to wine and make a point since the Jews took a certain amount of water to a certain amount of wine that I'm doing the exact same thing you do when I give you wine. That's why they were going, wow, how could this taste like this? That's why it was like that. Because they were accustomed to taking 10 parts of water to one part of wine and this man took water and make it wine and it came out still tasting wine and good wine. He was still staying within that culture to tell them nothing should have control of you or your mind but God. That's what he's saying. The word of God can become twisted. So the word of God is maintaining what he's saying. If God cannot hold on to your mind because alcohol got the best of your mind, you're outside of what God intends. So God can't use his spirit to move the word of God in the worst parts of your life because you keep using wine to solve it. What does he grow us through? Trials. But every time a trial comes, you get drunk. 
So he said, I can't work out what I'm doing in this trial because you keep shooting it with alcohol. Daniel is saying, I can't do it, not because I'm a Jew, not just because I'm committed to God. I can't do it because what you're asking me to eat and drink violates the Word of God. That drives your determination. It's the Word of God. Young people, you got to decide you're going to do the rap songs or you're going to do God. At some point in time, you could do that. I listened to Grover Washington. I was groving. I like Grover Washington. My parents said, come on, take Grover Washington, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. The, 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 I tell you, confession time. I listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I just listen to church music. I listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I listen to, the, to Grover Washington. I listen to um, Brick House. Uh, I enjoy doing the bump. I did. I enjoyed doing the bump. I bumped all the way through college just about. I was bumping. Okay. And, and I understand how strong drill could affect you. I remember being, we had a great game. Regional championships was right around the corner. Everybody's fired up. We think we could get it done. We're seniors. We just want to win bad. We're getting these freshmen going, man, because we want to win. We want to win. We're going out strong. We want to get that ring. So we had this big party, big party. And they, got, they were sick of me at that time because I'm trying not to drink. I'm trying not to do these things. And they said, man, I didn't know they got together and decided they're going to make Paul Kenny's drunk. They got together as a team saying one time in four years he's going to get drunk. So they said, Kenny's, they knew I couldn't throw darts. I didn't grow up throwing darts. So I would throw darts. They knew they could beat me. So then they had this thing, chug a mug. I so came up from such a conservative home, so I never let my kids not know these things. Because I didn't know. And they spiked it. All you got to do is drink this juice, man. That's all. Cannings, we know you, man. You can drink this juice. But they spiked it. And I never taste alcohol. Never taste it. So I'm drinking this thing, and I started realizing, man, why this juice so bitter? And they're cracking up laughing. One of my friends on the team said, Cannings, don't drink no more. Now, I'm the designated driver. They always took me to parties and said, Cannings, we know you're going to get drunk, so you're the designated driver. We get us back to campus. I'm saying, man, and they laughing because I'm like, my head, I, I told God when I got on my bed and it kept spinning, God, if you ever made me sober again, I would never do it again. Why? Even though they tricked me, I should have asked a question. Why does it taste like this? But I had already halfway, three quarters way down the jug. I was thirsty from the game. And to me, it was tasting good. Just got a funny taste to it. So sometimes when you are, young people, watch this carefully. When you're determined, you got to watch the group you're with. You got to watch the group you're with. Watch the Bible says. What the Bible says, bad company corrupts good character. Not bad company corrupt character. The good character is corrupted by bad company. That's why you see Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro hanging around Daniel. Okay, that's why you see it. You see it that way simply because Daniel needed a backup even though Daniel made us in mind what he's going to do. Because Daniel is obviously the leader of this group. You see it in verse 17. 
It says, and every branch of literature and wisdom, Daniel even understood all kinds of vision. So in the group, God picked a leader who's going to drive this process. Even though they were a group, he knew that Daniel would be the one who finishes out everything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not see the vision of Jesus Christ in chapter 7. Did not see what is going to go on with the 1,260 days that's going to be talking about the tribulation period. They never saw those things, but Daniel did. So even though God chose Daniel, Daniel still needed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to become somebody that holds him together to make him what he needs to be. So you can't just be determined. You got to have a group of people you depend on to help you stay focused. Because you're human. You're human. That's why we do all this stuff at Living Word. Because my youth group at church helped me. I knew what kept me. I wasn't a perfect person, I'm telling you. I got drunk that night. I did. I went back to my room and I was disappointed in myself. My accountability partners were disappointed. But I told them, hey, man, I, I got tricked. Come on, cannons, man. You took juice before and that one touched different. They held me. They didn't play with me. At the end of the day, because of that group, I said, God, I wouldn't touch it anymore. Because I saw what it did to me. And I saw how it felt. I was, I was really happy. I was happy, happy. Man, I started bumping like crazy, dancing. I'm going, wow, this feels good. So it wasn't like I felt bad. It felt good. Don't get twisted. So the group is huge, young people. That's why we do this stuff. We got youth group and taking you on trips and trying to do activities with the young, with the children where, where Sylvia went out with 26 kids. Why are we trying to build relationships in the church house? That's what I'm trying to do. Not just have you in a classroom, but create activities so you can build relationships in the church because that helped to save me. So a lot of times parents, you're so busy when we have these things, you don't want to bring the kids, but you're fast to go to basketball games, football games, all these track meets. But when it comes time to get these relationships within the church to develop, you're so busy. You can't do that. You're stealing this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego group that keeps them strong when they want to go another way. That's what you're ripping them off of. When they're trying to be determined, the only group is the school group that is telling them, like in Daniel's group, is telling them, it's all right, man. Do your thing. She good. He, he, he nice. He's the star of the team. He's the quarterback. What you tripping about? That group will tell them that. If it's not another group telling them that, it's hard for them to keep the word. It's very hard. I testify. They could be tricked. I was handed a key because I was doing good at sports. And that's why we find here that God would have your back when you are determined. Young people, you want God to bless you before you decide to do anything. God is saying, no, let me see you decide something first. Line up first. Watch what happens here. Look at verse 8. He says, the wine when he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials. He's persisting because I'm going to go do this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are with him, committed to press the point. He had a group. Look at verse 9. Now God granted Daniel favor. Now. Watch the word now. Watch the word now. Now God granted Daniel favor. 
Now. So it's not before. Now. He said, oh, no, no, no. God granted Daniel because it's Daniel. It's Daniel. No, no, no. Daniel's Daniel. Yeah, Daniel's Daniel because of God. Daniel's not Daniel because Daniel is Daniel. Daniel is Daniel because God, Daniel decided, and God says, I see your determination. I see your commitment. So now when you go to class, you're making straight A's. Because I need to elevate people like you so that I can achieve what I need to achieve in that school. So in order for me to elevate people like you, I got to make sure that you're right and you're determined in your heart to be right. Because once you do this, now Daniel, a person who's not even a Babylonian, is running as a Jew in Babylon. Because God elevated him to that level. He was smarter in school, brighter than anybody else. Because God chose to stand with him. You want to be successful? Get the person that could never fail to run your life. And get a word that is true to direct your life. And you will not fail because the word of God does not return void. I want you to see this in this text. He says, now Daniel, God granted that. In other words, he put it in place. It's a done deal. There's nothing else to talk about. This is going to happen for the rest of Daniel's life. That's what granted means. It's done. It's never going to change. It's a set condition. It's going to continue forever. And Daniel will always have compassion. And no matter what, they put him in a lion's den. I got mercy on him. He's coming out. They put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fire. I got mercy to get him out. And so it's not like they didn't have any more trials and life was a wonderful thing and everything worked well every day. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. When you stand for God, trials, difficulties, all kind of issues come your way. But the word of God has already been granted. It's already here. It's not going to change. It's not going in any directions. So once I decide to do what God tells me to do, the word of God got 7,000 promises that he's already granted. He's not changing it. He's not adjusting it. It's going to be there. So once I come and line up with this, I, I get attached to me 7,000 promises. That's what I get here. But it doesn't mean my life is perfect every day. There are going to be trials, pain, difficulties, hardship. Daniel went through job problems. People are cutting him behind his back. Daniel went through lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. It doesn't mean you don't have trials. It's mean that God granted you this, and he's not taking it back, so you have the protection of God to make it. Don't go to God and go, God, I'm trying to do your thing. But these people just tell it. No, no. God says, I get that. But I still got you. He says, I'm going to give you compassion. I'm going to watch over you to have success. And here's the last thing here. Here it is. I want you to go down to verse 17. God made a way out of no way. He made a way out of no way. How is a Jewish guy? Come on, folks. Lee, walk with me. How is a Jewish guy in a Babylonian place? How is he going to become like a pharaoh? He's 16 years old, young people. 16. Joseph was 16 when he walked his way up at 30 to become a pharaoh. These were young people. They made a difference. We're saying, God, I'm going to, I'm touching that woman. She's somebody else's wife. I'm touching her. And since she's going to keep coming after me, I'm out of here. Whereas you got the opposite with David. David is saying, ooh, she's somebody else's wife, but she's fine. So you have failure. The other one ran because of the word of God. He had success. 
God blessed him. It didn't mean his life was perfect every day with Joseph. Joseph's life was miserable for 12 years. But God resurrected him. When you're on God's side, you're on a winning side. And he has your back because his word does not fail. That's where you have to resonate your life to. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. Why don't you watch these words in verse 17? Watch these words in verse 17. In verse 17 he says, And as for these four youths, God gave them. First he granted them mercy. He made sure that because they're not going to defile themselves, that the people around them would let them do this 10-day test. When they had this 10-day test, God says, you know what? God gave them knowledge. In other words, they're going to have this knowledge base that will blow their minds. Intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. God said, I'm putting you within this culture to learn this culture inside and out and to know what is going on in this culture so that when you are finished going to class, you keep making A's. You're not going to just go in, go to school and graduate. You're going to make A. You're going to graduate the top of your class. That's what God is saying. You want to be successful in college and all these things? Start with God. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. But at least seek that first. Watch what he's doing. And what in verse 17? And Daniel even understood all, please look at the word, all kinds of visions and dreams. Why is that a big deal? Why is that a big deal? It is a big deal because they believed in, believed in visions. If Daniel could understand visions and the king believes in visions and believes in dreams, and guess what make Daniel become great? Dreams and visions. And God will not, what is God saying? I'm promoting you. I have not just decided for you to be successful in this school. I'm going to promote you in this country to be able to run the country. Because the king is going to become more dependent on you. And the more the king becomes dependent on you, is the more you're going to run this country. You know, I, I look at our country right now. and People can't make up their minds about nothing. The Bible is out the door. Because we didn't do a good job here. But in our homes. We just do church. And we go home. We're not salt and light. Could you imagine, Daniel, in this foreign country, foreign language, his hair is different, his clothes is different. He's walking in a different culture. There's guards around him. He's just 16. And God said, Daniel, I got your back. And you will change this country forever. One man. One. Eleven people got us in church today because they said, Peter says, oh, no, I'm going to walk with God. I'm not walking away from God no more. I messed up, but I'm not doing that no more. Paul would say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm determined that I'm going to do what God tell me to do. And we sit here today with the Bible, half the New Testament, written by a man who was in jail, beaten, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake. And we got six New Testament books written. When he was in jail, he wrote four of them. Why? Determine. God got his back because he stuck with the word. When God has his back, he became prosperous and blessed. We are following a culture that is using us for their blessing. 
And when they're done with us, they spit us out. You know, I'm a little bit different with this NFL because I saw my son a part of it for a little while. It is the worst place to send your child. The worst place. Everybody goes for that place. But unless you are a first draft, you know, first round draft pick, you don't really stand a chance. They beat your body up. They tear your body down. And then if you don't got the right stats, they kick you out. Because there's another 50,000 kids at the door. I never forget my son saying, Dad, he called me from, he was in Canada, and he called me from the bus, and he says, Dad, man, listen, I'm scared, man. I said, why are you scared? What's going on? You know, parents, we think the worst. What's going on? He says, man, Dad, I, I ain't tied my lace this long and forever. I said, man, they, they, they come, we're coming out the bus from practice, and they're giving guys tickets. Them guys are going home. Plane tickets, plane ticket, plane ticket, plane ticket, plane ticket, plane ticket, plane ticket. So, Dad, I'm in this bus. I'm, I'm going to take my time. <laughs> So I said, he, for a while, I didn't hear from him. I said, what's going on? I'm texting, you know, you blow people. <laughs> Dad, I made it. I'm not on the bus. I remember him saying, the general manager coming by saying, you made the team. <laughs> and he hears they stopped him from going in the dorm room because they were practicing on a college campus. Don't go in there. The guy they gave a contract to, promised him so he turned on another contract at another team they cut him to bring my son in that had kids and he was throwing stuff all over the place he's just picking up stuff and throwing it it's a brutal place the world will bring you in get all they can out of you and when you can't produce a product that makes them money or get them notoriety they're done with you. And then you put in your 20 or 30 years. They give you a little pin in a party, and they send you home. But my Jesus. What you do for Christ lasts. And when you get to heaven, he put on a white gown. He gives you a, a crown to wear. He lets you share his throne. He prepares a place for you. And he allows you to be in his presence forever. And while you're on earth, he protects you. He covers you. He watches over you. There's no spitting out. There's a building up. He strengthens you. He's empowered you. And he makes you like a Daniel to be able to run a country, to be able to have a king go in there and tell everybody, you are going to worship this man's God. God and take your enemies and throw them in there so they could be eaten. He got a way of taking your enemies and making them your footstool. He could rise you up, make you as strong as he wants to because he's the king of kings, the lord of lords. It's better to grow with a winner than somebody just wants to use you and spit you out. Go with a winner. That person will keep you. That person will bless you. When guns are going off at school, that person makes the bullets miss. That person gives you favor with a teacher. That person blesses your family to sustain you. That person keeps you through college and brings you scholarships and grants. That person is the one who watches over you and keeps disease out your body. That person is the one who wakes you up. That person is the one who will give you a good home environment to build your life. That person, that's why he's saying, as hard as it may be, walk it out. It's hard. There's a lot of pressure against you. There's a lot of struggles against you. There's a lot of difficulties against you. But don't worry about the pressure against you. I'm going to use it to shape you. I'm going to use it to make you great. 
I'm going to use it to make you strong. I'm going to use it to make you powerful. I'm going to use it to make you something great. So all I need you to do is keep walking it out. Run the race that is set before you. It's your crown. It's your victory. It's hard. It's difficulty. It's problems. But just run the race. Young people, it doesn't matter what you face. The issue is, who are you facing it with? Walk it out. 